I V M. Welcome to another episode of IVM Likes. Uh, I'm Sharanya, and today I'm in the studio with uh, producer Josh. Hey. And producer Abbas. Hello. Hi, guys. Uh, so today we're having a really uh, intense discussion. Um, we're going to do a round of recommendations. As always, we've got a TV show and a book and a movie, and then uh, we're getting in uh, uh, Miss Designer Alika to have an intense conversation about differentiating the art and the artist, and uh, where should we draw the line? That's right. Mm. Uh, it, it it might go on forever, guys. There may be no end in sight for this discussion. Mm. Honestly, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Uh, all right, let's start our recommendations with. Uh, Josh, the book. Okay, the book. so my uh, the book I'm gonna recommend today is actually a very old book. Old. Uh, it came out in the 60s called What Is History. <laughs> okay. It's a very. It's not a big book. It's a very small book. I can't remember the number of pages. Considering it came out in the 60s, the book is history now. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. It is. It is kind of. But what's interesting about it is the book is written by this guy E. H. Carr. And he's discussing about how to view history. Like, uh, there are a lot of views about, like, history is based on facts. Mm. And he basically debunks all those ideas, like like those facts, like how uh, historians interpret the facts. And uh, he gives example, one example I remember he gives of a historian who had released, like, three different uh, uh, historical narratives through his career. But this is, like, early 30s. Mm. And depending on what the political situation was in his country, mm. like, because he was sort of a conservative person, but then his views changed as, you know, the sort of political climate of Europe went sort of very haywire with the First World War, Second World War. So each... Um, uh, history book that he came out with like the first one was very it's sort of looking at history through the point of view of like this very conservative I can't even remember what, what particular history book uh, he had written about but it, it just sort of espoused those uh, conservative oh. values but as soon as those kind of broke down with the advent of like fascism and all these yeah. things his next narrative was sort of in that very broken spirit you know so that was affecting the way he was writing history so what's interesting about this uh, as as much as it is uh, as it is about history i think there's a lot in there for just artists and mm. creation in general because his whole thing was like how process is a big part of uh, of writing history books like it's not like you amass the facts and then you put it all together into a narrative it's like in the act of uh, like writing the narrative then you start getting more narrative you know right. so it's also this thing about process versus prepared and hmm. subjectivity versus objectivity free will determinism all these things are covered in just this one what is history book yeah. which is a very quite a tiny book i would say and also this idea of like um how history is not a science you know because yeah. for the long hmm. and this is i mean in context this is in the 60s so everyone kind of knows it's not a science but he bla- like he puts it very clearly how it is not I think it applies a lot now as well yeah. now that we look back at what we learned in school mm-hmm. and yeah. how what kind of biased history textbooks we have and where yeah. it comes from technically what you know of history could be anything yeah cuz you heard it from a different source and yeah. a different perspective yeah uh, and so it's, you never know yeah and it's that, that whole idea of like history is written by the winners kind of thing that's true and also uh, like one interesting thing i think was um uh, I think Rom- Romila Thapar, Thapar mm. yeah. who um, it was in 2002, she had come out with like a, a ancient India textbook mm. for sixth standard. Oh. Right. And um, in it, there was mention of like how uh, Hindus used to eat beef, all these things. And the BJP had sort of laid into her because of mentioning these right. things. Of so it's, you know, it, so as much as the yeah. book, the book, that book doesn't mention these yeah. things, but it has these kind of... Yeah. 
basically um, trying to rewrite history from the perspective of now yeah. from what your opinion is of, of it is now it, that's crazy it, exactly so there is a phrase which is exactly that yeah. he says look uh, i know looking at yeah. the past through the lens of the present kind yeah. of that whole idea so he explores that very idea in the book so huh? it is pretty difficult to say that what we know of the of history now mm. is in fact valid or accurate at all yeah. yeah so that's the one question i have like considering the book was written in the 60s mm. it, you according to you it still stands like it's as relevant today as it, it must have been it's very valid i think for anybody who is just it just for it, like and how to look at history right, you know, how to right. view history and how to view historians like mm. they like we're going to have a discussion about art separating art yeah. from right. artists his whole thing is you cannot read a history book without knowing who the historian is i was just going to okay. say that because right now my huh. knowledge of history sometimes just comes from wikipedia right. and that's literally anybody, anybody editing it, it. Yeah. Yeah. so i mean putting um historians through a lens of are they being biased or unbiased yeah. or where they come from where they are and we're not doing that with wikipedia editors at all yeah uh, so, so hmm. that's that's it's really kind messed of up scary now <laughs> so i would definitely rec- i would say anybody like you don't have to be into history to read this book hmm. you won't be reading history books after yeah. you read this book but it's just a good uh, examination or reflection of how to view history yeah. because i think everybody like everybody is a product of their own experience in history so it's hmm. a good on a micro level as well as a macro so that's nice. lovely i would say yeah yeah i mean i want my parents to just look into the history of a whatsapp forward i'm like just see if it's true first just oh, google yeah. it yeah, yeah, yeah. and they won't even do that they'll just take it at face value yeah. all the time like i read it online hmm. what does online mean yeah oh, fake news and fake all news that. i was just going to say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my recommendation mm. what, what is, is history called? what is history by e h k awesome car right. as in c a r r yes all right abbas Yeah so I'll be recommending a film today it's a documentary uh it's from 2013 it's called Finding Vivian Meyer uh what this film basically is is it's it's made by this very young director called John Malouf mm-hmm. it's his first film and John Malouf uh, somewhere in the 2010s he was working on a project which led him to an auction uh of of ancient not really ancient but old uh, stuff antiques antiques yeah that's the word i was looking <laughs> for after the old stuff so what john maloof did was he, for a very uh, nominal price he got this trunk back home with him in the hope that he would find something interesting mm. in there what he found inside was a, were a bunch of photographs all right and he developed these photographs and he found these were impeccable very well shot extremely unique photographs mm. but he didn't know who clicked them okay mm. so the film is basically his search for the person who clicked this, oh, okay. the, these photographs not the person in the photo not the person in the photo okay. the person who's clicked it okay. because these were photographs clicked in the early 1900s okay. with the very first generation of cameras right. but they were beautiful photographs okay. there were photographs of children of houses of streets like it's almost like a historical window to okay. that time mm. so he finds little bits and pieces of bills and uh, laundry bills oh, nice. and addresses and he he searches them and he finds it they were all clicked by this woman called Vivian Meyer he sets out to search people who knew Vivian Meyer okay. and he finds out she was a nanny she okay. worked as a nanny for children and considering the quality of photographs he thinks that th- this should be displayed in art galleries this, she should yeah. get her due as a great artist mm. why is that not happening and through the interviews and i'm not not going to spoil yeah. what her life was but he comes to know she was an extremely introverted person the only thing every per- every uh, person who talks about her can uh, the one uh, thing that unites yeah. all of them is that they all say she always used to carry a camera with her oh. 
so there are some you know some little very early films videos 16 17 second videos or pictures that he finds uh, vivian mai also traveled a lot so she came to india so there are pictures of her on the ship wow. in other countries and the larger point that the film is trying to make is that in a time where we have we can click pictures at the touch mm-hmm. of a button where pictures have almost become irrelevant you can click pictures of anything yeah. there are apps which make photographs disappear yeah. in yeah. 24 hours how much you should value pictures where people actually put in so much effort to take those pictures like this is a woman who had a bulky camera with mm. her everywhere mm. and uh, there are small small instances like she's taken some very candid photos like there is there, there is a picture of a black man on a new york street telling her to piss off right so he's tried to imagine what it must have been like for yeah. a woman to uh, go Stand around up and take that photo exactly yeah. and and actually capture that moment where she's actually being told to yeah. mind her own business right yeah. so there are lots of those uh, kind of uh, snippets throughout the film there is also a sense that the, she was actually going through a bit of a mental illness issue she was a bit of a hoarder so through interviews through him finding out who she is where she is uh we form a picture of this uh, woman uh, but so yeah it it works on two levels if if the movie was just an hour of slide shows of those pictures it'll still be a beautiful movie wow. because oh, okay. those pictures are so well taken wow. but then we also get this other side of a person who we never knew who would have been a great artist mm-hmm. so it, it just makes you think about the picassos and the michelangelos got their name but there must have been so many other artists who just never got their due. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very good movie John Maloof has shot it very candidly. He's, there are times where he's just talking to the camera. You can yeah. kind of get a sense it's his first film. He's very enthusiastic about it. So and and in the end he actually started a Kickstarter campaign to mm. get Vivian Maher the due that she deserves and oh, wow. now her some of many of her photographs have actually uh, been auctioned and they've got gone for really big prices That's and awesome. those photos hangs hang in some New York museums and uh, so it's 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 a it's a very comprehensively made film very good movie please check it out it's called Finding Vivian Maher Wow that sounds amazing wow. yeah you know a similar thing happened to me I was, <laughs> no, <it did> not. <laughs> I was my dog. You know the welfare of stray dogs has like one of those garage sales. Right. Mm. Uh and there's like just piles of clothes and broken crockery right. and books and huh. um under a whole pile of paintings I found really beautiful photos just laid out of Luke Kenny. Oh. In many many poses. <laughs> Josh oh can't God. believe that. Like there are beautiful pictures of Luke Kenny. Beautiful photos of Luke Kenny. Is it him? Is there like a series of photos with the same red background and him posing in many different ways? It's. It's Tell me you gold. bought it. Of course, I have it at home. Oh, dude, this sounds. Weird. We should get him in on Maiden in India and then just spread those photos in front of him. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, you remember Luke's After Hours on Channel V? It sounds like something he, that he would have posed for. I don't know. Oh, really? Or maybe his early modeling days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, could be. Yeah. All right, cool, nice recommendations, guys. Um, all right, my turn. So as usual I'm going to recommend a TV show. Yes. Um so the show I want to recommend today is called The Leftovers. It's mm. an HBO show uh that ended uh 2 weeks ago. Right. Uh the season finale was 2 weeks ago, which is rare in any case yeah. to find <laughs> a season finale of a show uh in 3 seasons. 3 seasons? Just 3 seasons guys. Did they even start? I know. Um so uh, the show is basically it's not a very simple plot um suddenly one day 2% of the world's population disappears without mm. explanation mm. there's no alien attack there's nothing there's nothing to explain there's no supernatural uh you know phenomena phenomena there's mm. nothing no scientific research can prove where these people went like people are just walking down the streets suddenly they turn around and the kids have disappeared or yeah. their husbands have disappeared um but the show is 
and the show is not even trying to find the answer to this they're right. not trying to seek why this happened they, this is the story of the people who were left over mm. right 2% is a small number i mean uh, of the right. world's population mm-hmm. but how it affects an individual that's what the show is trying to examine so people react to it differently like some people lose their whole family they're the mm. only person left some people mm. lose one person some people lose nobody mm. because there's literally no logic to it right. but now that you're suddenly this has happened to you this has happened in the world there is mm. no explanation for it what does your life mean what does your existence mean mm. if everything is random and out of your control right what does anything mean full existential crisis yeah, yeah it's a fully existential show <laughs> like i it was one of those curl up and just be think about your life and what is the point and is there a point in getting up after this end of the show <laughs> you know right uh, i'm only living for the show now <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, but anyway so uh people react to it differently like some right. people really seek complete normalcy they just want to you know pretend it never happened let's go back to life regularly mm. some people really well adjusted people like you know people who you think are seen therapist like mm. they just join cults and smoke mm. cigarettes all day because mm. what is the point don't yeah, waste your breath yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or never forget they are of the never forget because nothing you do is of any meaning so you should never forget those whereas some people are like let's just stop thinking about the people who left us right you know mm. uh so the show is centered around this one family uh with Justin Theroux as the lead mm. and a great cast uh, yeah. Carrie Coon Amy Brennan Liv Tyler really mm. great cast um and it follows the family to see how they deal with basically just you know despair and madness right. and grief <laughs> Wow. I know it sounds, sounds like a really optimistic. exciting show. <laughs> uh, but it actually is an optimistic show I feel okay. in my I I think it's a little optimistic because it's still the people who continue to live mm. it, uh, no matter how they feel they still continue to live mm. and they find they need to find purpose again and find mm. reason to live. Mm. And I think that's really it is kind of optimistic in a very far fetched kind of way but yeah. it is a show about grief. It's it's kind of one of those situations like it can only go up from here. Like it's almost yeah. like they've hit rock bottom. And nothing bottom. is nothing is explained, right? You cannot right. find explanation. So when you're when a logical person cannot find any reason to a big thing that happened in their life, like they lost their parents or their families, hmm. and so nothing makes sense. And it's completely out of your control. It's like, out of your control. Yeah. So what is it that you're working towards in life? Like oh, I, let's let's work hard. Mm. and let's save money for mm. what yeah what you if... never know there's no purpose to anything you're doing right. everything mm. is just random and meaningless and that's a really difficult thing to live with as a human being because there's nothing to <laughs> <laughs> this it show has really you know. had a had a very very deep impact it on has, you <laughs> it quest it made me question everything i know like you know because it, I, while i was watch when i started watching the first season So it is the thing with the show is that um it's only 3 seasons right. uh season 1 and 2 had 10 episodes and right. season 3 had 8 episodes right. it's not the most well known show hmm. um a lot of the critics who wrote the reviews for the finale wrote that most people who watched it were film were television critics and right. film critics right. um the thing with the show is that it is it's a little difficult to get into because this hmm. is a slow show in the beginning hmm. Hmm. um it's literally just dealing with madness hmm. like one guy who believes that uh all the dogs that are left over are those departed people oh, there's a priest right. who believes yeah. that uh, but because people are saying maybe it's a rapture mm. um a priest who who campaigns to prove that the people who were departed were awful people mm. like they were cheaters right. or they were thieves mm. but he's still know. around <laughs> this is what he's trying to prove is that it's not that the good people left mm. that the people who left were sinners mm. that's why they were gone yeah uh, and so, imagine if your your wife was taken mm. and you are dealing with grief and then the priest is campaigning to say that your wife yeah. is an awful person oh, like just right. add to the grief yeah. already so it's, a, it's really it's a mess and it's a really messy situation yeah. it starts off like what what i think is really brave of the show is that it sets 
three seasons in three different spaces like the okay. first season is in new york second season is this uh, is in this town called jarden okay third season is in australia okay uh, and it follows the same family across right. it and it is so beautiful hmm. um great cast great writing so um when i was reading a lot of the reviews for the show there's one uh, i think vox wrote a review called the leftovers is one of the best tv shows ever made right. hmm. and one of the comments on it which i'm i'm going to read out because it is it's so perfectly describes the show he hmm. says the the leftovers is that insane person at the party that talks crazy but makes complete sense and you almost want to walk away but they keep saying super far out stuff and you feel like maybe if you just had one more drink and you sat a little longer you'll understand them that's exactly how the show is it oh. is super crazy but if you have the patience and if you're a patient person and if you give shows space like i do i usually give shows one season yeah. to like get their things in order hmm. if you watch one season you'll definitely watch the second season hmm. and the third season and you'll have a great yeah. time it I, is of course made by the guy I who made for lost demon lindelof yes so who, the pressure of the season finale <laughs> honestly i cannot tell you uh, because because he screwed he was, up prometheus exactly. yeah. he screwed up prometheus big time uh that's another argument i i love everything <laughs> that demon lindelof has written honestly um leftover season finale is very good okay um it gives you exactly what you need right. uh which is just enough hope for the world but also just like <laughs> what is the point of getting up what is the point of getting out of bed mm. uh but it's a really good show right. i really really loved it it's like it's one of the shows that i feel personally attached to mm. uh but i won't recommend to everybody because it right. is a show that's difficult to get into know, and some yeah. people really dislike the show cuz like what is happening i, know, I don't yeah, get it yeah, yeah. Mm. uh but if you want to try it out it's all the sh- the whole season is on hotstar, hotstar. Oh. Um yeah it's called the leftovers guys. Yeah. Check it out. Oh. It doesn't end. Can you imagine starting something knowing it doesn't end in like it's like 28 episodes. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right that's my recommendation guys. So Josh recommended a book What is History by EH Carr. And Abhas recommended a movie called Finding Vivian Meyer. And I'm recommending the TV show called The Leftovers. In our uh, next segment after this break we're going to talk about uh, art versus the artist and Alika is going to join us for this discussion. So let's get to it. Welcome back after the break and now hi we have Alika in the studio guys hello we have hi. one more person for this conversation that's uh, that we are about to have we don't know if it's going to be intense mm. maybe it's going to be um, very light hearted guys yes. yeah. so we have fluffy <laughs> fluffy interview certainly so uh, in light of what's happened this week with Bill Cosby's trial where there was mm. a mistrial and even though they presented no defense his side and there were so many victims who came forward uh, we're talking about should there be a hard rule of not endorsing the art that these artists make the artists that are um convicted of crimes or convict or have allegations against them of some really serious stuff mm. i mean these are a lot of victims in cosby's case mm. we're yeah. talking about uh, woody allen with his um sexual abuse allegations yeah. roman polanski who actually has a conviction mm. and has, continues to be free a free man mel gibson we've got uh, so many and close to home we've got so many salman khan uh, salman classic you know <laughs> the classic neeraj <laughs> uh something who made queen the guy who made sairat also the guy who made sairat yeah uh basically artists are pretty f- people most of the time yeah um but do you guys have personal rules of i will not watch this i will not watch woody allen movies anymore or um just personal hard and fast rules about i can't endorse this artist for what they've done and is there a separation of art versus artist in your mind josh um it's a tough one man i i consider my opinion on this very soft because i haven't uh, seen any woody allen films in a long time hmm. 
but I don't think um, like I'm still a big fan of Annie Hall. I thought Vicky Cristina was good, you know. Same thing with Salman Khan. I thought uh, I still watch and enjoy Salman <laughs> Khan movies, and it's interesting because I know that um, I get, I've seen posts by a lot of criminal lawyers. who say these things get determined by the courts you know so mm-hmm. it's like you leave it up to the courts but in the case of polanski's this thing he's absconding you know so yeah. the courts have like convicted him or salman khan's just lying but that's the thing for salman khan lying it's such, that is like um, it's almost like splitting hairs because yeah. that thing i think that's gone to the, uh, it's gone to the high court gone to the supreme court it's like it's gone through all levels of um, the courts and all woody allen it's hard because i remember reading the testimony of that daughter i can't remember yeah. her name the uh, one dylan farrow Ah, Dylan Farrow. So uh, her test, and it's like it's so, like it's upsetting to read that, you know. And then at the same time to see that he's still making movies and still like making movies with really big name actors, you know. So those like seeing all these uh, sort of big name stars working with them, it's almost like an endorsement. Like it is fine to watch these films, or it like it has not affected him in any way, and you can consume his art. It's fine. Yeah, like just a quick facts. check on that mm. roman gransky who was convicted in 1977 mm. and was since absconding he made so many movies after that in 2002 he made the pianist which won him an oscar, oscar for best yeah. director yeah. woody allen continued to make so many movies uh, he's got the best stars in his movies they all clearly it is an endorsement when a star decides to work in a movie of woody allen movie or a mel gibson movie mm. i think that should be considered an endorsement mm. right would you say that, that they should not be under Uh, they should not have any obligation to choose what they should do or not. The like, actors. The actors. Well, it depends on like how famous they are. Can they afford to turn down? Kate roles? Winslet can afford to turn down. Yeah. Movies. So the Christian ones who can, can, the ones who can afford to turn down roles and pick and choose what they want. I mean, then then you get the feeling that okay, they are fine with this. They are fine with this sort of whatever he's done. Yeah. They don't have issues with him as a person because. they are going to be in contact with him as a person not just as a director or an artist correct so technically when they agree to act in his movies whether woody allen or uh, polanski they are technically endorsing his crime or his alleged crime hmm. at this point but they are like does that does yeah. that upset you i'm saying like as a kate winslet fan or hmm. as a you know whoever owen wilson fan do you get like why would he do this the approach i have to this um When you said that if the if an actor chooses to do a Roman Polanski mm. film, they're endorsing the crime. I don't completely agree with okay. that. On the other hand, let's take two examples. Let's take Woody Allen and Bill Cosby, mm. right? I wasn't a huge fan of Bill Cosby, but I used to watch his stand up. Yeah. I've seen his, I've seen the show, I've seen the stand up before the whole thing blew up. Since the whole thing has come into spotlight, I have stopped watching Bill Cosby's uh, stand up, mm. but I still watch Woody Allen films. Yeah. Now the I this is a very personal thing. Maybe I'll I'll sound a little obscure or insane when I say this, but in case of a Bill Cosby, he's right there in front of you. He's on stage. He's he's very directly voicing his opinion in his jokes. Right. Whereas Woody Allen has written a script. He's written a story. He's written something that is that. comes from him but a lot of other people have contributed I completely agree I understand what exactly. you're saying because he's not himself on stage doing this it's exactly. not like if he was in a play I think that would be like you'd associate crime when you see it right. with the person versus he was behind the exactly. scene writing something so when scarlet johansson does vicky cristina barcelona in my head i don't directly associate, associate that with woody allen i'm like this she, maybe she liked the script so much that she couldn't say no but that's why because he used to act in his films right 
sure yeah but now, no longer does yeah anything. so he that could be just like uh, just an outcome of the case that he doesn't want to show his face in his films does he still like have cameo he, he, he was in the rome movie that he made with penelope cruz one, once upon a time in rome or something yeah. it huh. was called he was still in that movie so I, he's still oh. i get what you're saying with like hmm. you know seeing them is that they are part of a bigger crew they've done yeah, the work yeah. which is the same thing i feel with salman khan hmm. now i haven't watched a salman khan movie in ages right. like i think since dabang i haven't watched right. a movie Uh, and i don't really feel like i miss anything hmm. but i also i don't i can't put this rule on other people i can't be like how can you watch his movies because i know that a big crew has worked on this movie i can't say that hmm. my boycotting salman khan movies hmm. one of course is going to make no difference right uh, except to my own guilt and my own ethical uh, view point but i do understand that i don't really blame anushka sharma for being in the movie or right. for uh, sonam kapoor to act with him i hmm. really don't think of it that way hmm. and i think that the reason must be because i think of the, a movie as a big crew right. as lots of people have contributed hmm. it's not like he makes the most money out of it he probably does hmm. um but you know what i mean like i think the association of a star versus somebody who works as a director or writer right. is a little different i think that makes a difference alika what are your what are your rules about Uh, <laughs> so my rules kind of I'm sure a lot of people's rules are a little bit flexible because I mean how much art can you not consume by choosing to boycott of course, anybody I mean yeah. if you look at just misogyny or there's just so many people yeah. you yeah. have to stop consuming anything yeah, yeah I mean like Walt Disney was anti-semitic man I I still watch Disney movies they're yeah. really great yeah, yeah. I so, get that. So yeah, I mean there's a limit that you have to decide what what is that point where you will just refuse to cross. Yeah. Do you have a hard yeah. rule like that with anybody? Oh god, if anybody's done like freaking pedophilia or some sort of rape thing then Yeah, yeah. my like misogyny rape is like my big thing. I I'm still somewhat okay with drunken driving. I'm not somehow okay with it. Yeah. I'm just like Listen, it's okay. Listen, Paris Hilton will give a pass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like 99% of actors in at least Hollywood are, have done drunken driving. I get that. Yeah. I also so, like I also like um it's very interesting to me when people have defenses for artists they really like and then they do something awful. Yeah. It's such a it's such a really it's a depressing thing because your idols yeah. will always fail you. Yes. Michael Jackson Hmm. Oh man. I mean nobody's going to be like I'm not going to listen to Michael Jackson music anymore. Hmm. I mean people will still people still felt really sad at his death and you can't give up you can't ignore who he was and what his crimes were or if they were whatever it is. Right. Hmm. But are you still allowed to feel um like you know when people so were writing the, the, obituaries it was always a let's not we can we can feel sad that he died because right. his music gave us right. uh, happiness right. but you cannot ignore that he that he also did these things there was also the charges that you know what there yeah. you can't ignore so, it. so that's a question that i want to ask to all of you uh you admire some artist a lot and then they get embroiled into some sort of controversy which is really questions hmm. his or her character yeah does that make you look at the work they've already done in a different light sometimes yeah it does strangely enough no i don't it know doesn't? Why. i don't know why i i mean right now i'm just think i'm trying to think of somebody recent The only one I can think of who's done this mildly is uh, Johnny Depp with Amber Heard. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not colored the previous like Pirates of the Caribbean movies oh, or Finding Nemo. Oh, for me, it colors land. everything. Everything okay. I know about this person, it colors all their work. So your pr- personal nostalgia when you watch that it thing is again, ruined it a is ruined. Bit. Definitely, okay. a little bit. Like it's hmm. not. I will. I may still watch it and still enjoy it, but it's there in the back of my mind that this person has really. Hmm. Or, honestly, though, is it? Do you think that sometimes we expect these artists or whoever we like a lot to be perfect human beings? Maybe that's a thing. Yes, you do. Because there are a lot of things in there. Because it's also um, you want them to be the person they portray on screen. 
right that's part of yeah. it yeah. and uh, whenever someone creates something you admire them so once you admire someone you want everything about them, them to, to be, be of that quality yeah, yeah. you yeah. you like see the ideal when you see them yeah. on the screen i mean not to not to be not to mean that we should give them a pass and because they're just humans no. that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not what i mean no um so i was listening to the podcast you recommended yesterday abbas where um called it's called unraveling cosby which talks about his trial So in a couple of episodes early on um a lot of the people who are talking about like his neighbors or people who knew him as a young person talk about how oh you know um Woody Allen and uh, Roman Polanski can get by with that with the allegation and with the conviction because they are white males uh versus Will Cosby because the allegation should it, itself is enough to like ruin his career yeah uh which i find i mean of course i have no sympathy in this situation because yeah the allegations should ruin his career hmm. but do you think that um that that is the case because i think it is true to a far extent that yeah. you know if you are a white lip like privileged person you will get by doing these guys it's okay there is some kind of double standard i mean to I be think, yeah. like if you were equ- equating that in india would be one of the khans hmm. which is our oh. white privilege <laughs> yeah but uh, really <laughs> would the that khans be can the... get a, get by doing a lot of stuff i feel like but how how does that compare to the white black situation in 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 america i don't know I'm thinking Vivek Oberoi Salman Khan in my head. <laughs> it's like you know, it's not like he committed a crime. Oh, you're talking about oh, the status. Vivek Oberoi, for who example. Who is the guy who? But now look at him. He got maid. no work. Uh, Shania Huja. Ah, that fellow. Shania Huja got by. Right. You're talking purely in in terms of status. That yeah. The Khans yeah. have such a big yeah, hold on the industry. Yeah. They can get away industry. with doing mm. things even with like bad press. Yeah, they'll get yeah, away with yeah, it yeah, with yeah, real yeah. crimes. Whereas the other people most likely will not. It's like an allegation has ruined mm. Vivek Oberoi's mm. career. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. But uh, just going back to the situation, the Bill Cosby situation. Uh, the the reason why it's a little more quote unquote complicated is also because you. Cosby was known as someone who has done a lot for the African American community Correct. in in pop culture. Yeah. He opened up the door to a lot of black actors and actresses uh, uh through his show and other things. And if if I don't know how many of you have seen the Dave Chappelle special. I was special, just going to say that. Yeah, because uh, he talks about how Bill Cosby exactly. has done so much for the community. Yeah, so then now you're talking about an entire community being let down, but at the same time a lot of uh people from that community got a chance they probably wouldn't have if cosby hadn't broken through mm. so it's again one of those situations but then you're balancing exactly. this community who did well because of him versus the 20 women he abused exactly and yeah him, we, you know. which is a very unfortunate yeah. situation yeah. but but personally i think if you it can't be an excuse to let someone go just because they did some good deeds for someone because that in itself is kind of you're being racist in a way mm. when you're letting someone go because of their good deeds versus someone it's 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 a little bit of a messed up situation so you're saying you you can't separate the art with the artist like the artist can't stand as a human being and their art has to stand separately i think i think if they've done time i'm still sometimes okay like sanjay dat hmm. whatever i mean the crime there was conviction for many years of course he continued to make money right. while the case is going on huh. but he went to jail i mean yeah. sure he got lenient i get it i understand that this is a judicial yes, system yes. unfortunately mm-hmm. but he did time right know? yeah mm-hmm. so you like the fact that there is some appearance of a justice yeah, system i do like an appear an appearance of having paid for your crime a little yeah. bit at least like instead of just having right. completely ignored it yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. gone by your life completely okay and make continue to make millions of like dollars yes, and rupees yes. and that's fair that's, actually because at least then you know others who look up to them will feel that you know you can't actually just get away with this just because of your star power 
Yeah, I mean, you don't I, have to. It it does have consequences. Now, whether those consequences, because you have that much star power, are very minimal. Yeah. But for the lay person, at least the fact that they have had to face something, it's mm. probably a deterrent of some sort. Mm. Kind of, maybe. And in that podcast itself, I guess you're yeah. referring to the fact where one guy says that the fact that his Cosby's career is over is punishment enough. Yeah. Mm. Which I don't agree with. I mean, oh God, no. Of <laughs> you have to go to. You have to have a judicial. Uh, the law has. I felt bad, so that's punishment enough. That's, yeah, that's, that's works, just not, you know. That's like the whole Tarun Tejpal thing that I am so oh, hurt yeah. with what I feel that I'm yeah. gonna retire. <laughs> Bringing it closer to India, yeah. look at um, the TVF controversy. Yeah. Right. Mm. So now that he's supposedly stepped off, as he, yeah. you yeah. think he will either? I mean, I highly doubt he's going to get hired for some time by anybody. Mm. But also, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference to his life. He still is yeah, the owner true. of the company, right? Yeah, he still yeah, owns yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sure the money still keeps rolling. Makes there's no, no consequence. Mm. There's a face that I've stepped down and I feel really hurt by the things I've done. I've stepped down. Makes no difference. You are yeah. not paying in any way for your crime or for your alleged crime. So, mm. I mean, yeah. In case of TVF, it's just. I mean, they're just waiting for it for the next thing to yeah. happen, and then it'll be it'll be gone. So, yeah, I mean, it's important that in such cases we don't forget that. I think that's another thing is the media cycle. Okay? Yeah, yeah. It's like you forget and then you move on. If you don't see enough outrage all the time. I mean, in Cosby's case, I remember after the women came out, he was still touring. Yeah. And there was a group of women who would stand up mid show and start chanting, "We believe the women." Hmm. So I mean that's as direct uh, uh, an attack as you can uh, uh, you know do for 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 someone. In and that, that case, case took so long to even come exactly. to. Like I remember, like the allegations were ages and ages old, yeah, and then Hannibal Buress yeah, yeah. kind of brought it back yeah. in one of his sets, <laughs> hmm. and then that controversy started yeah. again. And I think the New York Times did a article where they had all of the women on their cover. Hmm. Every right. woman that was yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was a victim. Was, uh, yeah. That was a lot of women. Yeah, and yeah, I think people yeah. took to looking at their faces to be like, okay, this is a crime. Before hmm. that, they were just like, it's Cosby. Hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, so we changed our lives as a sitcom dad. It's like, okay. Yeah, so it's essential you don't make people that people don't forget uh, what happened. Like the debate should go on about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember my roommate. Uh, she had studied neuroscience uh, for her. post grad or undergrad i can't even remember but um, there's this thing in neuroscience called cognitive dissonance mm, yeah mm-hmm. so that is basically like if uh, so say you like an artist and someone tells you something bad about yeah. that artist i think for your brain to resolve that issue there's just like it takes yeah. uh, like there's a, a time period before you can actually believe that fact right. you know? yeah. right. even though it is a fact yeah. about this person yeah. right. so there is a lot of that happening with sure. i feel but would you be like i'm still i think i have my hard and soft beliefs on these depending on the person mm. but i really have no problem with at this point Uh, after having thought about it a lot of people saying i like i'm going to continue to watch a woody allen movie or i'm going to continue to watch whatever i want hmm. uh i think it's okay i think it's your choice to make uh because uh everybody who makes art or sure. is make is most likely flawed in some way hmm. you just don't know it Um, yeah, the best you can do is tell them your point of view and why you think you wouldn't choose to watch or see or listen to that person's yeah. uh, art. I I definitely think people should be aware about it. Like yeah. they right. shouldn't just be indifferent. Like okay, the judiciary will determine it. This person will do that. Yeah. Because like they should at least have an opinion about it. I think I, if they just kind of sitting back and saying I don't want to have anything to do with it. Sometimes their opinion is that I don't care. I just like these movies. Yeah, right. which is a complete like choosing to be unaware of the situation because I if I know the facts. it's going to ruin my movie watching experience yeah 
I would say I I would I would not advocate like just ignoring what the artist yeah. is like you would still have to know that. Hmm. That is true. They are inherently tied to what they're doing because they sell because of their name sometimes most of the time yeah. especially with like big artists like Woody Allen. Yeah. And uh, yeah like recently like I'm a big Paul Verhoeven fan hmm. and he recently released a film called Elle. Hmm. And I just read an article in the New Humanist where this woman just does a full takedown of that film. She's like it's full of misogyny yeah. this that and I'm like a Verhoeven hardcore fan. Yeah. So I'm like I don't even want to watch this film now. Yeah. I recently uh, like I like Fred Armisen a lot as a comedian right. and mm. then I recently found out that he was married to Elizabeth Moss who said that it was the worst time of her life because he has sex addiction and is a complete misogynist and he was on <laughs> Mark Maron's podcast where he admits it he talks about how he's not good with it he marries somebody and then he loses interest and he's awful to them and I'm like holy shit dude you're a funny guy at SNL just let me enjoy SNL <laughs> like I love all of Fred Armisen's work and now it's ruined forever yeah sometimes maybe you now don't now that that filter is gone yeah. I think sometimes it's also like I want to go watch movies without mm. this filter mm. of like and it's very difficult so many movies especially bollywood movies to go without a filter of this is misogynistic mm. in yeah. its in its base is very difficult yeah. makes it difficult like, to enjoy stuff in bollywood you're just rating an entire industry to change that's probably yeah. not going to happen in our <laughs> lifetime like yeah being woke is uh, really no fun yeah so yeah that's, <laughs> but mean, it's important it's difficult <laughs> it is important yes <laughs> But I totally get if you want to put that at the back of your head once yeah, or twice. Yeah, sometimes you just oh, want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy a Bollywood movie. Maybe I want to go watch Sultan, guys. I've never watched it. Is it you any mean good? Tube I don't Light. know. Josh is definitely watching Tube Light, right? Of course. <laughs> of course, I'm watching Tube Light. I can't wait for it. Him putting his hands out and every ground shaking and all that. It's very exciting. All right, Let's guys. Let's just hope there aren't any people on yeah. the ground. <laughs> all right, very very interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, Let us know what you think if you have any opinion on this because yes. there's got to be a ton of opinion a hmm. uh, very don't, different varied opinion yeah don't look at our history of what we have done <laughs> yeah don't Please. stop listening to IBM like this <laughs> yeah. we all purists <laughs> all right josh thank you for being on the show thanks do you have anything to plug josh come on oh shit i forgot um Uh, yeah, so I've recently come out with a track, and now the video, the sort of mock video, is coming out. Um, so please look out for it. It's a cover of uh, it's a it's a rework of a song from a Malayalam film called Enne Talenda Mawa. So please check Where it out. Where does one find it? Check out the song. It's at www.soundcloud.com/tigerbabu. Nice, Tigerbabu. Right. Got it. Yes. Abbas. Uh the only show I can plug right now is I'm doing a spot uh, at the Beer Cafe at Kamla Mills on the 29th of June so in Bombay in Bombay yes so it's going to be me Vaibhav Sethia and a bunch of other comics so awesome. come check it out Alaka do you have anything to plug No just go follow my Twitter you'll find anything interesting there at Cape Fox Alex Very nice Want to spell I... that cuz Yeah you should spell that C A P E F O X A L I X Very nice. I'm Sharanya. I want to plug this podcast. I'm on this podcast every week, guys. Please come and listen to me. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.